Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A Russian volcano erupted, and people who were on their way to airports here in Canada, along the West Coast, all the way up to Alaska, well, their flights were canceled. So what is it about a Russian volcano that affected flights all over? It wasn't just Canada, also parts of America. We know there's a a lot of connection in the world, but hey, you would think that all the way to Russia, a volcano could not ground our flight system and affect people's lives. We're going to find out more and, um, than we ever thought we needed to know about volcanoes here. Glenn Williams-Jones is joining us live, professor and chair in the Department of Earth Sciences at Simon Fraser University. Glenn, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Crazy story here. We've got people on the West Coast. They're driving to the airport. And one of them said, I got to the counter and they said, I'm sorry, your flight's not taking off. And they said, this is a joke, right? And it is not a joke. What volcano erupted and how come it was such a huge deal here? Yeah, so uh, it's a volcano called Shevoluch, um in Kamchatka. So people are sort of thinking about, uh, you know, the game of risk. Um, this arch uh, or arc um, on the side of um, sort of eastern Russia um, forms part of the uh, Pacific Ring of Fire uh, on which, you know, western Canada is, is, is affected. And what's incredible with these, these types of very large volcanic events is the volcanic ash that is sent up into the stratosphere can, you know, have a global effect and, uh, as we're seeing now, impact, uh, you know, right across the Pacific Ocean to impact Western Canada and the U.S. So how did it? I mean, how much of an explosion was it? Were, were we prepared, people, and I say we like people like you, were we prepared for this to happen or was this something that so, surprised? It, it, I guess it was a surprise in the sense of this, the size of the eruption. Uh, but Shevoluch has been active um, most recently since about 1999, going, you know, erupting on and off uh, to various uh, scales. But this was much, uh, just a much bigger uh, explosion. Uh, it's a hot, very, very uh, vigorous and active volcano, one of the you know, more active ones in, in Russia. So these types of events every now and then, yes, it, it can catch you by surprise. And it, it really does show, um, you know, this is a fairly well-monitored uh, system. But nevertheless, it's a it's a natural environment, and volcanoes are incredibly difficult to uh, to understand and to forecast their activity. They are. We're getting better at that, though, because it seems there's been several stories about volcanoes blowing up that they weren't expected to. Yeah, and we are getting better. Um, you know, in part uh, because of say the modern satellite era. So. The, the chances, the big hazard here is, of course, this volcanic ash interacting with, with airlines. And thankfully, we now have a, a coordinated network of satellite systems um, and communication so that when these large ash columns get up, because you know, they're reaching 10 to 20 kilometers into the sky, um, we can look down on that volcanic ash, see where it is, and then divert aircraft uh, well in advance. But there's still super complex uh, problems to, to study. 
We know. I mean, can we say Pompeii? We know that they can greatly affect where we live and civilizations. And we built around them. We've gardened on their what's left behind in the fertile soil. Are we looking at them differently? I mean, technology has just had such a major advancement now. Can we control volcanoes more than we could? Well, we certainly will never control volcanoes, um, but we can better understand what those subtle signals of when they're going to change. Uh, and that's what we, we want to do as volcanologists is be able to say, okay, something something significant is happening. We need to increase our monitoring or maybe uh, start to look at evacuating people from, from sort of the close, uh, close proximity. Um, but, you know, these are natural systems. You're, we're not going to uh, control hurricanes. Uh, we're certainly not going to control volcanoes. Um, but you know they they are um, they're complex. I always like to say we think how difficult it is in Canada forecasting weather three or four days in advance. Take that same level of complexity and put it underground. All of that complex chaotic system we have to make inferred uh, measurements about them. So it's, it is really challenging. It is challenging, but we're glad that people are doing it. You know, I began the show, we were looking at things that we took for granted that that aren't working out for us anymore. Is this one, though, it, that's a happy story? Because we are getting better at knowing about this stuff. Look at even how we we warn people about hurricanes, even tornadoes, and our volcanoes. I mean, would Pompeii have happened in the same way and had the same destruction today. Um, but yeah, it's again that's a, it is tricky. Um, but I would I would say yes, we we are doing a better job uh, of being able to forecast uh, volcanic eruptions. Um, it is always a challenge is that there are so many volcanoes around the world. Actually, being able to monitor all of them is is really almost impossible at, at this stage. Um, but we are getting better. The the science behind those subtle changes uh, that we're looking at um, is getting better. And, you know, newer technology, new instruments, new computing approaches um, is getting us closer. Um, so, so, yeah, we're doing a better job. We still have a long way to go. We do. And as we go forward in this, though, this volcano, are they dangerous? Is it still dangerous? Have we ignored some volcanoes? They're crazy things, aren't they? You think they're gone and then they come back. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing. It, um, you know, This volcano will, given its sort of continued activity, um, you know, I, I think we're in a, a relatively decent position to, to try to manage the impacts. Um, but more broadly, yeah, some volcanoes will go quiet on, you know, hundreds to thousands of years. So well beyond the human timescale and then will reactivate. Um, you know, in, in British Columbia, Mount Meager, currently active volcano mm -hmm. just northwest of Pemberton, um, it last erupted about 2,400 years ago. Now, in the human timescale, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. But in, in geologic times, that's, that's yesterday. So we still have, a, have to be able to try to do lots more research on these volcanoes to, to better understand them. And all each right. one is different. I always say the, they all have their own personality. So looking for those subtle differences is really important. 
I want to talk a little bit about earthquakes here because we, we're into the mindset of you know, we we feel whenever Mother Nature does these things, we see a volcano blow or an earthquake, of, as we've just seen several around the world, devastating. We, we're kind of jolted into reality of a lack of control. Same thing with hurricanes. I was in Atlantic Canada this year when the Hurricane Fiona struck and we weren't, people were not prepared. And then it came with a vengeance here. Glenn is, it's, I think this is one of the oldest things in history. We have to bow down to Mother Nature. Is she teaching us a lesson lately? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess the one lesson uh, is be prepared. Um, and I think this is, is really important that every individual can take uh, some fairly straightforward um, um, you know, steps to actually get prepared and then feel more independent. So having a simple grab-and-go bag with water, you know, money, uh, contact details, plans, these are things that people can help um, to, to at least mitigate the, the impact. We're not going to stop a hurricane or, or a massive landslide or a volcanic eruption or a large earthquake but at least we can be ready when they do happen. And, you know, certainly in areas, say, here on the West Coast, uh, where we do have uh, the potential for very large earthquakes, people really need to, you know, get ready and, and help their family be ready. And they do. We've had a lot of lessons, forest fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, even here in Canada, part of Canada is part of Tornado Alley now in, in some ways. It's not out of the question. We've seen what happened in Ottawa. Again, Glenn, in your world, are we in need of another warning about the reality of all these things, especially here in Canada, we well, I, I we thought we didn't have Canada, to worry the same way. Yeah, we, we are seeing more of this. If it's, you know, the widespread flooding uh, that we had last year, um, you know, the wildfires in, in both British mm-hmm. Columbia, but uh, northern Quebec, northern Ontario, um, the, the hurricanes. So it, I don't think we need more warnings. I, I think it's very clear that, um, you know, the system, the environment is changing. And um, it, it's the kind of thing where we do have to do our part to actually get ready for these changes. Um, and I think that that is important. People can feel confident by taking some, you know, fairly small actions um, that at least they're helping themselves and their family, uh, you know, when something big does happen. It does matter. You know, when the hurricane was about to hit in uh, Hurricane Fiona, I was in Prince Edward Island and I was kind of covering it. I kept an eye on it as a journalist and I kept wandering out into the red dirt lane and going, oh my God, is everybody worried? And you go into town and they go, oh no, it always, it's it's not going to hit the same way. They always get us worked up and it hits the colder water. And I'm like, no, no, no. The water apparently is not so it's cold. Warmer. It's going to be different this time. And now we know what happened. Those images just fused in our mind here of Newfoundland, just houses swept to sea. And I managed, I mean, there was a moment on my phone, it was like, leave the North Shore, leave the North Shore. And we were, mm-hmm. but you could barely make it back the next day. There was flooding and there was houses that I was so used to and they were gone. I had, mm-hmm. it really affected me, Glenn. I guess I'm not alone. More Canadians are kind of feeling it in their bones, just not yeah. and, and psychologically. It, but it's a normal human reaction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it's not happened to 
to us in our lifetime or our, our sort of family, you know, our ancestors' lifetimes, it's hard to connect these, these big events. Um, but we're starting to see it. You know, we're seeing it across the country, uh, around the world, all of these, these different types of events, especially the weather-related ones like, like Hurricane Fiona. Um, and, and those are things that, um, you know, we, we have to start to deal with. Some of it is the, at the individual level. Some of it is more at the government, at the planning level. You know, where do we build houses? Do we uh, yeah. stop building houses in floodplains? I was going to ask you that. Is there a new reality that has to be chefed up to Canadians and North Americans here? You know, there's this draw to live on the coast. Yep. We know this, this story here in Canada. Mm -hmm. It might change, though, Glenn. Is this kind of dangling in our future? We may not want to build on the coast. Yeah, I would say it's not in our future. It's in our present. It's, it's happening right yeah. now. Um, and, and so it is the kind of thing that, that we do have to be dealing with. Um, and, and those are difficult decisions. You, know, you can imagine a family farm that's been in, you know, in the family for generations um, having to say, well, do we, you know, do we move? Do we uh, move that house? Yeah. Those are really challenging decisions. Some of the simpler ones are to say, well, no, we're no longer going to be al allowing building on that unstable uh, coast um, because of, of those challenges. So, um, but those are politically uh, important, but sometimes obviously difficult decisions. Um, but in the long term, um, you know, it, one of the ways to do with this is it gets down to money and, and people's lives. Um, so eventually some areas, it will be just too costly to allow um, you know, certain areas to be rebuilt. Um, they like can't that. because yeah, I saw that. Things just disappeared. Mm -hmm. You know, I go there a lot in the summer. I have for years. And things I knew just disappeared. It really affected me. Little restaurants on wharves in North Rustico, mm -hmm. gone. Houses, gone. There are certain houses in certain places, they don't even know where they went. They floated yeah. away from the Hebrides and PEI, a couple mm -hmm. of them, and I hear that they're they're not there anymore. It's very, very tough, Glenn, though. I, and you know, there's but there's maps. There's erosion and flooding maps in Canada for mm -hmm. our listeners. And if you do, it's fascinating, isn't it, to go and see yeah. where your property is and what your chance of flooding is. It's a new reality. And they're starting to put it on real estate listings now. Yep. It's a factor. Yeah. And and the, the key thing to also remember is th those maps are not permanent. They're changing all the time. So it's a yeah. snapshot in time. And if you think, I'm just on this side of the line, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that's actually the case because we can see a bigger storm coming down the line or, or some change uh, that, that hadn't been uh, sort of predicted. So we have to take those into account as well. People just need to be thinking more. Um, and unfortunately, in some cases, having to make really difficult decisions. Um, but we all have to be part of that and recognize, yeah, especially with the, the climatic um, you know, changes um, that many of these events are going to become more intense, um, more extreme, and less predictable. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. 
I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 